Hey y'all, what it do? It's your girl Meek, and I know it's been a minute, but we're about to go so deep here tonight with my lovely guest, Crystal, aka the Herbal Mama. Yes. <laughs> hey girl, what's up? Welcome to the show tonight. How you feeling? I'm feeling all right. Thank you so much for having me. Good, good. So tonight we're going to get into your business and learn all about your business. But first, before we do all of that and before we get into your business and things, tell the listeners where you're from. So, hey, what's going on? My name is Crystal and I'm originally from Gary, Indiana, also by way of Nashville, Tennessee for over 10 years. Okay, shout out to the G. What side of town did you grow up on, the east or the west? Um, So I grew up originally on the east side in Aetna. Um. Oh. For a few years, but then uh, for the rest, remainder of my life, I was on the west side. Okay, okay, all right. So you just you like me? I stayed on both sides. So. Yeah, yeah. So well, I gotta ask you in your own experience, what was it like growing up in Gary for you? Um, honestly, I think I grew up in a really good time. Um, in Gary, I think a lot of mm-hmm. our generation got the last good of Gary. <laughs> Um, and I think that there's still some potential coming out of Gary. Don't get me wrong. Um, but so yeah. far, just thinking of the good times, um, I had a good life in Gary. I didn't. Um, I know it's you know the hood or what whatnot, but mm-hmm. I had an amazing experience. I was able to grow up as a child. I was able to do child, you know, child things. You know, um, I never had to think about dodging bullets or. Like, I didn't think about those things, and I didn't have those issues growing up. So, you know, some of the cliches or the statistics that people may think right. um, when it comes to Gary mm-hmm. um, are actually quite the opposite for the majority of a lot of us. We had normal yeah. lives, you know, and we were safe. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a very good environment. A, a bomb, I had a bomb school experience. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel like times are different with our babies who we got to raise. So, d- let me ask you: Did you have both of the parents in the home with you? I did. I did. I grew up with um my mom and my dad. They they were married um for twenty something years. They were together for twenty five at that at mm-hmm. the time. Okay. Um, they're they're no longer together. They're but they're co parenting. Um, us as adults um, mm-hmm. at this point now but back then yes I I'm the product of a two-parent household my parents um, were in the house together up until my uh, junior year of high school so yeah okay so what would you say was some of the core values that you learned from your parents so um, despite whatever may have happened between them I mm-hmm. saw all the good okay yeah. So good. I saw the working, providing husband, the protector. I saw the the homemaker, the housewife, mm-hmm. you know, who fixes her husband lunch and who nurtures her children. And, you know, my mama kept my hair done and she kept food on the, you know, on the stove. And, <laughs> right. you know, I see, I see, mm-hmm. I guess you could say I, I, I was exposed to the stereotypical, um, standard when it comes to a housewife and a working father mm-hmm. okay all right okay good so how um how would you say that it was once they did actually go ahead and separate um you know honestly it didn't affect me too much because I already had got all the good out of it okay um, good. I, was a ju- I was a junior when they decided to divorce mm-hmm. um and at that at that point I was getting ready to you know going to my senior year and then you know, graduate, go, um, graduate and go to college. So, you know, at this point, I'm 17. It didn't really, if anything, it affected my younger sibling. Yeah, she was, that was bad, like, yeah, affected your siblings. Yeah, right. So it it affected her because she's way, she's nine years younger than me. So she had to stay in an environment where it was a single parent environment now versus right me. where it got broken up. Mm-hmm. Right versus me, I got all the good out of what they had in the marriage and then I left <laughs> you know so um I would say it affected her maybe more on the negative side but for me um it didn't affect me at all but it did I did being exposed to them while they were together it mm-hmm. did put an image of my, in my head of what I wanted um, yeah right okay so yeah 
and maybe what you wanted to possess in your own relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like I said, despite what they may have had going on behind closed doors, mm-hmm. what I saw as a child was all the good. So okay. the things that I saw is what I desired. Okay. All right. So what would you say as a as a child you remembered most about uh, your neighborhood, the neighborhood that you grew up in? Wow. Okay. So so first growing up in Gary, um, I grew up on in Miller or Edna, they call it the backyard of Gary, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I grew up in Edna and across mm-hmm. the way was Glen Ryan, you know. And mm-hmm. I also went to um uh, I also went to Edna Elementary. Um oh, shout out to Edna. So, that environment, um, it wasn't. It wasn't the. Is it wasn't, still, that that school still open? I, they didn't close so many elementary. Reviews. It's closed. I actually went by there um a week ago to drop off an order in, in that area, and um I decided to just you know drive by and it's yeah it's not open at all. <laughs> I know my my elementary. My I went to Carver Elementary and it looks terrible. Terrible, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's sad. Oh, it saddens me to see, um, because like I said, we got a lot of the good in our mm-hmm, generation for Gary. Right. So we were alive and well and 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 away alert mm-hmm. when all the school, all the elementaries were open, all the middle schools, were right? Open, all the high schools were open. We, I remember Gary had so many. We had some parades, man. Correct. <laughs> So yeah, yeah so yeah, but it was what, sad. What, to what would see. you say you remember most about your neighborhood, though, in Etna? So Etna, it wasn't. So driving around now, it kind of looks the same, but just mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of like the house I grew up in is completely gone. It's it's, it's it's all wooded crazy. up. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it looks much worse. I mean, when we were living over there, it didn't look terrible, but now it just looks terrible. It just it right. just looks and bad. Down. Mm-hmm. But versus on the west side and and a lot of people always, you know, refer to the west side as the best side of Gary, which and which I can understand where that comes from. I thought it was at first was just some cliche thing to say just to say, you know, I live on this side of town, but Really, when it comes to the real estate and the and the the surrounding area in the on parts of the west side, it does mm-hmm. generally look better than some portions, some other portions of Gary. I won't say that it's the only set that looks nice because that's not right. true. But mm-hmm. generally, like there are more nicer homes on the west side of Gary. Um, I don't know if you've been over there. There's a few large houses in the area. It's right off Chase. Um, I forgot what that church is called. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, there's a lot of nice homes over there, little little subdivision looking area. Um yeah. yeah. So in general, yes, I would agree that there are more nicer homes on that on the west side of Gary. And that could be, you know, from when Gary was populated by the white population and you know, some things conditions maybe just were more upkept in certain areas and you know because history has a lot to do with why certain parts of Gary look how they look yeah history definitely has a lot to do with it I wonder like how much of this of the original gangsters movie was um true actually yeah Mm -hmm. yeah to think about because (laughs) it was founded uh I think it's a guy name who they say it was founded by um but definitely overpopulated um, with, with with white people, and then the blacks started pouring in mm-hmm. shortly after with the with the uh, steel mill. Yeah, I think yeah. the steel mill was like the largestly employed steel mill in the world at that time. <laughs> yeah, and that's why there was a, a huge influx in a lot of um. If you notice, there's a huge population of Polish. Um, the Polish uh, community is really big because a lot of people from from Poland poured mm-hmm. in over here. Um, different Mediterranean people, people of different descents, like Turkish, Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the Eurocentric um, or European based um, culture started to flood out here. Irish, um, mm-hmm. a lot of them started to flood out here. Uh, so there was a huge immigrant population. But it's like the world happened that bad to make them feel like uh uh-uh. uh. 
I'm packing up and taking my time to South Beach. We're not rebuilding absolutely a thing because there has been different things if you think about it all over in different, you know, towns or states and things. Like even in Chicago, Chicago got history as well, got a lot of history in there where they had like a fire, the Great Fire. Yeah, the Chicago fires. Yeah. yeah but, but Chicago still now today is one of the most beautiful cities you know, to live in or to visit or whatever with their attractions and different yeah. hi- historic things. They have they their good have. and their bad side. They have, they have both. They have both. But um, the fact that someone still put in that money and that investment and it, you know, it was still built back up is the thing where it's like, dang, what happened here? And Gary, because we I don't think it have- has a lot. I think it has a lot to do with the lakefront because when the lake, the lakefront out there was more developed. Mm-hmm. Than it was out here. So when you start to develop a city, um, a city's lakefront, that brings in money, that attracts investors, right. um, and and it goes from there. Uh, unfortunately, Gary fell in between the cracks with that. Now they're starting to, you know, develop the lakefront, and now there's million mm-hmm. dollar homes over there. Um, and if you do, if you do a little digging, you will find that a lot of white residents of Gary stay mm-hmm. over there at the lakefront right um, there's, there's a lot of them a lot of them you you will run to white people they'll say oh where are you but where are you from and they'll say oh i'm from gary mm-hmm. what part of and you look at them like what part of gary <laughs> so, yeah yeah um, gary definitely yeah. has some you know some nice areas or some okay areas but it's just yeah. the um the heart of the city is like definitely gone like there's no downtown there's yeah. not a lot of um black owned business storefronts you know what I'm saying where the kids in the community could see that and look up to it you know or have that to go and shop and it's sad because some of the businesses that you did that we may have saw moving to Gary they didn't last they moved back out you know they they gave it a shot but um I think it's going to take time it's going to take time um, and we're just going to have to see where it goes because there's a lot of good, there's a lot of potential in Gary, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of good real estate potential. Yeah, um, but, definitely. But I think a lot of people are afraid to invest in Gary, um, not just because it's Gary, mm-hmm. um, but it's it it does have to do a lot with crime. And mm-hmm. you know, if I go invest into this property yeah. and renovate it, if somebody go break into it, right? Still, mm-hmm. you know. That says a lot about us as the people. Like we definitely have to start sticking together and rising up beyond the bull crap, beyond the ignorance, beyond the hate. You know what I'm saying? Like it definitely has to get to a point where it's just like, all right, look, we we want this for ourselves. We want this for our children, for the future of where we're from. And you know what I'm saying? And start looking at things like that. Like it's kind of get that crab out of the bucket mentality out your head yeah, out it's, it definitely starts with a mindset head. absolutely mm-hmm. it starts with a mindset I, I wish that um, and, and and that could be any one of us you know one day I, 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 I mentioned this to someone that um, despite me not living in Gary currently I mm. do I do want to go back Yeah, and I want to invest and i want to do right. do things that involve helping to build the mindset mm-hmm. um that's beautiful but, you know because it all starts with a mindset yeah you know, we have a lot of people where you can't you just can't take the hood out of them because they're so attached to okay a certain yeah. mentality mm-hmm. you know like they don't want to leave gary because of this that and the third but it's like no you shouldn't want to leave gary because you want to pour back into gary right not because you attach to the, to the ideology that, you know, it's the hood or, the, you know, like there should be or more that you want to build. Else, you know, other than here. Right. Mm-hmm. But right. I know that's a lot of the mentality. I know a lot of people visit um, Gary, visit back home and be like, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm ready to go. Or, you know, I now I remember why I left. And I do, for one, believe that it is some type of energy because it's all energy. It is some type of yeah. energy that can kind of cover things. But like you said, if you know, we get back to the root of just knowing that this is bigger than us. This is mm. beyond some likes and popularity. This is beyond what somebody got and what somebody don't got. This is really pouring into our community, pouring into our leadership, pouring into, you know, our future and, and our kids' future. Right, right. 
Yeah. So what would you say as a kid, uh, what you, um, you, okay, well, let me, let me ask you this way. Do you think that now that you have children, um, you feel like you take into consideration how you once felt as a child when raising your own children? I definitely do. Um, because I know that when it comes to children, we can dismiss them because they're mm-hmm. children. Um, we, but I found, I remember the times that I felt inadequate when I felt like yeah. I didn't count or I didn't matter. Go, mm-hmm. go sit down somewhere, you know, go, girl, be quiet. You know, right. like, don't dismiss me. Don't dehumanize me. Like, that's a human. I get it. That is your child. And that child has to respect you and you know, you have to, you do have to establish that parent-child relationship and let them know who the parent is. Yeah, but a being a parent isn't a dictatorship. You yeah. don't have to constantly remind them that I'm the authority in this situation. Like, I'm not saying now that whole saying like kids, your your child is not your friend. I get that, but it's like be open enough to let your your child should be comfortable enough to come to you about anything. Right, I get that too. But like, you got a friend in me, you know. Otherwise, <laughs> they're gonna go outside the house and confide in somebody else. Yeah, and we find that a lot of, especially our our young black girls, they're already sexualized. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they they have, you know, unfortunately, they have some daddy issues, be mm-hmm. it their father not in the picture or their dad had given false promises. Now that young girl can't find what she need in the house. So now she's going outside into the world and she ends up falling to the man, the, the, the arms of a man that's going to take advantage of her. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and yeah. As well, like with that, um, I always look at it with that parallel of the Matilda factor like the Matilda movie like mm-hmm. I you're little you know I'm smart you're dumb like children should be seen and I heard like I so totally agree with you with that whole not being validated like your feelings no matter the age should be validated it doesn't have to be anything that you agree with or that you even understand you know you can you can maybe feel like I don't understand why you feel this that's fine but this is how this person feels you know what right. I'm saying Right. So let's validate that and then let's move move along accordingly but that's totally something that I feel like a lot of parents and in our generation and the generation before us mm-hmm. generation before then I feel like that has always been a factor when parenting kind of goes wrong right I absolutely take the time to listen I said okay because I had to correct myself you know my son was talking to me and, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't want to listen. I was busy. And, you know, we get caught up in doing what we want to do. And then, right. or or being, we can get caught up in doing busy or doing, doing our work or whatnot. And that so much so that we forget that our kids need our attention. We don't just need Ever. to give them presents. They need presents. Right. So, That's the love right there. Like, right, for them. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many kids do you have? So I have two sons, uh, five. I just and... say I got five. I just say I got five. <laughs> oh no, the ages five and two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want more kids? That's 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 a later conversation. I I don't honest, honestly. And you know the Lord uh, said be fruitful now. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but but we also got to operate in wisdom when it just comes to kids. We can't be just popping out kids <laughs> without wisdom because. I like to have all them kids and be broke. So, you know, I got to be smart. I'm open to the idea of I want a daughter. I do want a daughter. Okay. Um, So I'm open to it. Little Crystal (laughs) running around. (laughs) But yes, definitely. I like the way that you put that too. We got to operate in knowledge when we're having children. A lot of things that we we have to operate in knowledge, but when we have children, that is definitely something that's big because I'm telling you, you can't, when you have, your children with the people you have children with it is a lot of wear and tear that is on the child mentally emotionally spiritually physically when Mm -hmm. that relationship isn't right when that bond isn't right when the communication isn't right when the presence isn't there when the finance isn't there or the guidance the proper guidance right but like everybody comes from different you know, backgrounds, different households, different upbringings, different ways mm-hmm. of parenting, and you know, and not only that, but 
there's this thing called DNA and genetics. And sometimes you can be, you can have, you just be diagnosed with something that you gotten genetically or was going to come to you by way of genetics. And you're just like, dang, you know, or this can happen to your ch- your child. And now you, you dealing with that. It's just a lot. So definitely, right. definitely operating the knowledge. But, but you, you being a married woman, I had to act. <laughs> I had to ask as soon as somebody put one on his finger, baby, it's done and popping. I don't know. I used to, it's funny because I used to only want one child. I'm very indecisive. I'm very indecisive. I see a beautiful family one day and be like, I want that. You know, like a lot of kids, like I want that. I want like five strong genes behind me, you know? Yeah. You know, and I even with people that's that's married, I tell people all this, so I don't care if you marry. <laughs> Don't just be out here popping kids out, like, because now now if you can afford it, if you have the resources, if you have the uh-huh. community, if you have the village for it, right? then okay. But sound like my grandma, because I swear she watched that news all day, and she, she'd be like, they're going to cut out Medicaid, they're going to cut out this, they're gonna, it's going to be hard times trying to take care of the kid and this, that, and the third. You know, so, and it's not even just the financial aspect, it's about a village, like, Mm-hmm. When people say it takes a village, it does. That's not, that's not just some cliche saying. Like it had that; those words hold weight. They right. mean something. Like mm-hmm. it literally takes a village. Like you know, to look out. You know, you, you remember the days where you know different people in a neighborhood block would look out for you when you was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if they caught you doing something you were supposed to be doing, you either get popped or and then they go call your mom and let the, let your mom know what you was doing you know right like it literally takes a village like your mama gotta be at work or your dad gotta be at work man i can't get i need somebody to keep you nico for the night or whatever the case may be you yeah, know the proper guidance you need people to step in and help raise that child and, right and be a good influence around that child and not even just for you but for the sanity of that mother you know now we see women hiring um postpartum uh, overnight doulas where the doula will help the mother you know with the baby mm-hmm. in the middle of the night so the mother can get rest you know what I'm saying uh-huh. so these are different resources that a village can provide having your support exactly. system that like we need that so married or not because there is right. a, I, I've seen I, I saw on a podcast and I agree so much because I said it to myself there is a such thing as a single mother that's married like there, there's a such thing as that like you carrying the weight all day of that baby mm-hmm. from birth to 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 elementary school and oh you know you you're there doing everything while you know and the husband doing what right. he's supposed to do going to work and everything but he's not in the house and you you constantly in the house you you spend 90 percent of your time with that child yeah you and know you and you feel alone when you got so many people around you Right, and the thing is, when I when I first had my when I heard, had my first son, I felt the loneliness. The loneliness. Mm-hmm. I went through postpartum depression, um, because my we couldn't afford for my husband to have what is it called like paternal leave. Right. Like, okay. He couldn't stay home with me mm-hmm. while we while we welcomed this new life and helped me, and you know, then I was nursing him, so that that's a struggle within itself. And then your hormones are going crazy, your hormone levels are dropping, so. You know, it was a lot. So when I say don't be popping out babies like that, don't right. do it unless you have the support system mm-hmm. and the resources to do so. If you if you get fat pockets, you get uh, retired grandmamas and nannies that can help you <laughs> and, and, and a village. Hey, yeah, pop them out. <laughs> all right. I know that's right. OK, so let's get into this business. We already been all up in your business, but let's get to your other business. <laughs> Um, she herbal, correct? I said that right. Her herbals. Her herbal. Her herbals. Okay. Yes. So, what is her herbals? What is that? Can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about your business? Sure. So, um, her herbals LLC was placed was birthed from a place of experience. Mm-hmm. So, experiencing being a woman, experiencing motherhood. Um, so transitioning from from girl to to woman, um, her herbals came out of that, and then it also was birthed from a place of living more holistic, um, okay, um, and being more healthy. Mm-hmm. So I was on a back in Nashville. I went on my journey of just being more healthy. I started to become really more health conscious. 
um, in every way. So what I was <laughs> eating, what I was putting on my body, my hair, okay, you know, every everything that was going on in you know toxins, like right. I was researching a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff I did not like. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I've been using these products and da 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 all my life, and mm-hmm. you know, and just really coming into knowledge of knowing certain things. So okay. coming in, so coming into the know of health. So Herbals is a faith based company with a focus on um, women's health. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe in taking a holistic approach by using herbs that God has provided. I mean, these mm-hmm. are things that that medicine is already here. Medicine comes from the ground. You know, mm-hmm. and, and even in some conventional um, medications, like they use um, the plant, they use plants, right? Some you know, natural remedies, mm-hmm. right? They use the plants. It's just some of the plants are just so potent, potent that they can be poisonous. So they right. have to take, right? Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, that's that's where her herbals come from. We have a heart um, for healing, not just uh, physically but mentally spiritually and emotionally mm-hmm. we believe in um just being being another woman's helper you know what i'm saying okay. to be another woman's support system um because when we look being an herbalist we have to look at total body health so that's not just mm-hmm. you know what you're eating we're talking about you know your environment stressors you know workload if you're overweight um, mm-hmm. your history your family your family health history um you know what you're putting into your body so far as like spiritually um okay. like every aspect when it comes to being an herbalist we have to look at the total circumstances of a person's health and what's contributing to any kind of ailment so um that's really what it's all about and okay. just really um hearing some of the stories that women go through um my story personally was postpartum depression and me trying to find remedies to heal that right Um, others other women's um testimony may be you know pcos or endometriosis fibroids cysts infertility uh, and then Mm -hmm. and then um lactation issues i had lactation issues with my first Mm -hmm. son okay so yeah it was really just birthed from experiencing womanhood and motherhood right that's what's up so how long have you had this interest in like natural health would you say did it did did it first begin um once you started to experience the postpartum depression or was it before that that you had this interest in natural health so i um my natural health um interest really peaked i want to say in 2016 2015 Mm -hmm. Um, I just really started to do more, a lot of research. That's where my, um, I, I just, I just started to just, you know, get an interest. Um, just started to question a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, it was just curiosity, really. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's good. Um, actually, because. Well, you know, when we thinking and we uh think when we talking about taking control of like your future, this is definitely one of those steps into taking right. control of your future, you know, and the way that you live, uh, because you're securing and promoting like natural health. So mm-hmm. what are your what are your products? How many products do you carry? Um, so right now we're still in the beginning phases. Okay. Um, but we're currently working on uh, 10 teas right now. Mm, okay. um, we have a huge, <laughs> a huge product rollout coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do, we're going to launch in phases. So the first, okay. um, the first fa- phase one launch will um, be teas. Um, okay. So we're going to have um, a happy uterus tea. Mm-hmm. Um, that tea is really going to help with toning the uterus um, helping to balance out hormones and really just overall um, maintenance of mm-hmm. the female reproductive organs, right? Right. Okay. Um, and then we'll have a, another like most of the teas is is focused on women's health, but then we have you know the teas that are like um, we have the lactation tea, then we have like a sexual healing tea that helps with like libido and sexual drive, mm-hmm. um, and also helps with you know. The slip and slide. Yeah, <laughs> <lot>. <laughs> I was trying to say it in a clean way. Right. Um, and then the, we have, we're going to have like an ease your mind 
um, tea, um, which is really going to help with anxiety and helping you to calm down and relax. Mm-hmm. Um, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to have like seasonal teas um, based off, you know, the weather. Okay, right, the right, seasons. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we're going to have an assortment of teas that focus on women's health and then you know, other ones that are going to help with like um, detoxing and okay. sexual drive, you know, stuff like that. Yes, I like that. So mm-hmm. tell me, uh, you have you hand picked or hand mixed any of your own product? Or yes, or, okay. yes, absolutely. Um, and that that is a science within itself. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I can. Um, you. So um, I recently mixed up some tinctures, some different blend tinctures um that focus on uh so there's a tincture that I have for lactation um for uh fertility mm-hmm. for menopause and heavy flood and there's one for endometriosis and, and fibroids mm-hmm. okay. um and those I do have to blend myself I have to grab all the different herbs right blend them um yeah, and, and put them up for four to six weeks because tinctures have to to extract all, to pull all the the properties out of the herbs. It has to sit for four to six weeks for ultimate mm-hmm. potency. Okay. So, um, wow. yeah, I, and I do blend my teas as well. Um, and it comes with a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know it all because it's so much to mm-hmm. know and to learn. Ever since um, college. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you definitely have to do a lot of research right. um, into the earth because there's certain things that you don't want to mix together. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so you have to be careful with that Important. too. Um, you have to be careful with dosages and mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. So um that's definitely um an important thing and then and then some people want to know if things are have you know so far as teas if it's caffeinated or not, you know. Right. So you, um, yeah, so you definitely just gotta be very particular when you're okay oh yes <laughs> particular but that's i commend you because while you hand mix or hand pick all of your uh your natural um herbs that you know are going to uh generate that um natural health or exercise that so i really commend uh you on that i know that it can be a overload overload trying to work and uh figure out those concussions so yeah but you know what i enjoy it i i don't spend one yeah that's the thing about it dreading Mm -hmm. it or like oh this go take all day like i can literally sit in my office in my (laughs) and mix herbs all, all day, day <laughs> because it is in my heart to do uh-huh, that's and, good. you know and while I'm doing it you know I'm also praying over my herbs like praying right. you know that Lord you know Lord let these herbs do what it's supposed to do in this in these women's body let mm-hmm. healing take place you know because you got women out here really suffering right you know, that, uh-huh. that 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 want to have children that want to nurse or that's been suffering with PCOS for 25 plus years or whatever the so many illnesses that yeah so you know, I just I really speak heal, healing you know and restoration over my herbs you know because oh, beautiful you know right right it's not enough that you got all natural effective ingredients then you're praying over them like yeah this I got yeah. to see what <laughs> <laughs> But since we're talking about the business, we have to get real about things. And um, I don't know, maybe this not this hasn't been a problem that you ran into, but tell me how uh, many times have you had to go back? If you ever had to go back, how many times have you had to go back to the, the drawing board with your, uh, with your products oh. or different things with your business? So, um, honestly, the, the herbs is probably the a bit of an easier part of my business okay the the more tedious part that i that i've had to do a lot of throwing away you know and starting over and redrawing up recipes is probably my cmos gummies mm-hmm. um my cmos gel and my cmos gummies um are a big hit as well um the cmos gel i can do it in my sleep <laughs> but those gummies, those gummies. He said it's been a hard road to perfection, huh? <laughs> it, yes, because I make my 
my gummies are vegan so I don't use oh, okay. any I don't use any like pig gelatin or mm-hmm. well or animal based gel, gel gelatinous mixtures yeah um, so just getting the right flavor mm-hmm. um and making sure the flavor is strong mm-hmm. enough to taste right make sure right. that the texture of the gummy is correct make sure that the the uh measuring out the right amount of sea moss so that the sea moss is effective in the gummy mm-hmm. so yeah yeah those sea moss gummies gave me hell <laughs> a lot on the road to perfecting your business like this is a this is a, a legacy so definitely yes time so um besides the ingredients that you can recall having you to go back to the drawing board is there any other things in the business that you can recall that's made you have to go back and be like, okay, you know what, let me think about how I want to present this, or how I want to bring this out, or how I want to promote this or market that, any different strategies that you've had to come up with or let go of you can think of? So um, on the business side of things, like the administrative part, mm-hmm. um, because I am a small business, you're doing a lot of figuring out yourself right um especially if you don't have the the funds to really outsource and go hire a, a um a business counsel you know counselor or what or what have you or a business strategist which there are a lot out there um right but in the beginning stage you're like okay you know i'm just trying to figure this thing out for myself yeah um, going yeah. back and forth to the drawing board of how to release this product or how to market this product um mm-hmm. it it really came down to just just sucking it up and doing what I had to do and just doing a lot of research and not being obsessed obsessed with perfection. You know, you want to release the most perfect looking stuff and it's like people really don't care about that. Like people yeah. shop with their eyes, but the things that we are so obsessed with when it comes to forming a business or building a business a lot of consumers can really care less about it. And it's like when you're building a business, you have to also think like a consumer, not like a business owner. Think about what you would like. Um, so it, it was a lot of battling in my mind just with the business itself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to package something. You know, what labels am I going to use? Um, and I had to back up like, okay, I'm going to end up spending more money on labels focusing on the wrong thing when really all these people want is just just a quality product right you know so I had to go back to the drum board when it came to the business aspect itself um so yeah that was that was that was it for me is trying not to be because you know you 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 know we do have a problem with comparing ourselves to others and I'll see other business owners who are in the same category as I am and how they're promoting their business. And, but it's like, okay, at it. the same stay time, yep. right. Stay focused on you. Do you? Cause you know, no matter how their stuff look, you know, it's not competition. It's never competition, you know, but focus on you and your path because no matter how good somebody else's packaging looks, what God has for you is for you. And you're going to have to this. <laughs> So that's what I had to focus on. I I that looking must at have been a word that God was trying to get out through the podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely gonna say that, but yeah, what God has for you is for you. Definitely Absolutely. stay focused. Don't lose mm-hmm. sight. If you're thinking that it's a competition, it's bigger than that. If this is something that you truly love, passionate about, it's helping others, and this is something that you're creating a legacy upon, then yes, then you know that it's it's bigger than that. Briefly, I wanted to shed light on as well because you call yourself the the midwife um, advocate. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I actually started my journey um, in midwifery back at Tennessee State University in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I was in school for nursing down there, mm-hmm. and um, it's. Honestly, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Because at <laughs> first, at first, I wanted to be a pediatric nurse, mm-hmm. um, but all of a sudden, I really formulated a love for the mother, the birthing experience, huh? and the birthing experience itself, and really just 
being that support system for that mother. Um, and this was before I became a mother. Oh wow. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a as a young girl when I was um at uh what was the name of the hospital in Gary? Is it North Lake or South Lake? Yeah, North Lake is Gary. North Lake. So um when I was 14, I was actually a candy striper at North Lake. So okay. I would volunteer um like one or two days out of the week and I would go to the maternity floor. Okay. And I would help the mothers. I would bring the mothers water. Um, I would help with the babies in the back, you know, um, giving them um contact time. So that's when we would hold them and just rock them and rub their back, you know, just giving them yeah. contact. Mm-hmm. Um so when I made that decision to really deep dive deep into midwifery, I went my mind went back to that moment. When mm-hmm. I was really being an aid to the mothers, right, and being a support to the mothers, and being there to clean off the afterbirth on the babies, you know, just mm-hmm. me reliving that experience in my mind, I said, "Wow, that's what I want to do." Mm-hmm. And it only ignited that passion when I did have children. Yeah. So, okay. um, so yeah, I'm um, I'm still in school for nursing. I'm still on my path, girl. It's been it's been <laughs> a a journey. <laughs> Um, but the the end goal is to have my own birthing center and I definitely would oh, wow. serve um have under have a birthing center in underserved communities, which being okay. Gary. Right. Because I myself I had a midwife for my second pregnancy. Okay. That's based out of Stevenson, Michigan. So mm-hmm. um she she came to my home, she would do home visits and I had my baby at home. I had my baby by myself. Cause she didn't make it, but um, mm. she she got there right afterwards. <laughs> but wow, Crystal, I commend <laughs> you. I think that birth and pregnancy should be the two most beautiful, loving and healthy process and journey for women or mothers. So absolutely, definitely and shout out to you for that. Thank and you. I just I, I do want to ask you too before I get uh, off of that subject. Have you ever thought about uh, maybe becoming a doula yourself? Yeah, actually, I'll be taking courses um to be a doula, uh, twenty twenty three, um also while still pursuing my nursing degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do plan on um becoming a doula and okay. getting in my experience um in the birthing community. Um, yeah, I think it's important to to start um uh, somewhere and right to that. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and. Yeah, and my like when I say my passion ignited, um, mm-hmm. it really came from my own experience. Yeah, so when I had my first son, um, you know, I really tried to have him at a birthing center. That was what I wanted. I didn't even want to have him at a hospital, but circumstances happened um where I couldn't. Um, it was a it wasn't an emergency situation. It's just that we just couldn't. I was just too late in my try my my pregnancy to you know have it arranged basically yeah. um so um and I and I preferred a woman you know but I ended up having a male doctor and just having two different I had two different male doctors you know inside my body checking my cervix I I, compl- I felt completely violated mm-hmm. um I felt like they were not talking to me my husband yeah they were talking around us and to each other about what I needed to do and it's like, hello, I'm here, you know, and I wanted to squat my for my for my birth, you know, to deliver the baby. And I was told no, you know, that, that I had to lie down. Um, and then I was also told that I couldn't keep my placenta because it was considered medical waste. Mm. So I just I just felt like completely like a violation of what I wanted. It's like okay, and like the experience. This is the complete opposite of what I wanted, and I didn't want an epidural, but I really was annoyed at the fact of these men who were aggressively checking my cervix I felt completely I felt violated and mm-hmm. I got tired of them Very touching me so I said you know what give me the epidural because I'm, I'm tired of y'all touching me so mm-hmm. you know I got the epidural and the nurse anesthesiologist on shift she kept running into my spine oh, so no. I ended up having a spinal fluid leak so oh. You know, my whole experience, yeah, right. Having a child in the hospital was awful. Yeah, experience, you know. Then they had they had a um 
what is they had a neuro a neuro doctor come in after I had my child um to talk about giving me a patch. I'm like, no, I'm not doing no so y'all not going nowhere to touch it'll heal by itself. Mm-hmm. So um and okay, but anyway, that whole experience <laughs> yeah. further convinced it was, me, definitely, yeah. It further convinced me that it I don't want to have a child in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? That that's not what I want. And I was determined on my next pregnancy to have my child have a water birth in my home or at a birthing center. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but I told him all the time though, I'm not against medical intervention if it's necessary. Mm-hmm. If, you know what I'm saying? I don't tell people don't go to the hospital. Like I'm not going to tell right. them, go give birth where, where you feel the safest and where you know you and your child, you and your infant will be safe and you will get the utmost best care. And I just tell women just to be sure that you have an advocate. My husband has to be my advocate because the doctor started cutting away at me, you know, and right. he had to step in like, hey, you know, nobody told you to start cutting at her down there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he just picked up the scissors and started cutting there was no communication so and if you listen to a lot of women especially black women who've given birth um a lot of the times they'll say that they felt dismissed or they felt like they were they were not being heard or that Mm -hmm. they were being talked around and and talked about but not to not talked to Mm -hmm. um and that's how i felt you know yeah right it was just, it was just not, and then my husband couldn't stay because he had to go to work or, well, he went home to get some rest and it's, I don't know, it's, it was just a terrible experience. And- right. So that, yeah, furthermore, it's going to ignite something like that and you definitely were passionate you already had. Yes. Yeah. So I definitely, I, I pushed this stuff and I'm pushing to be a certified nurse midwife myself. Um, I also, um, have done doula consultations, so um, getting the birth plan together. Um, I helped a good friend of mine actually while she was in labor. Um, over the phone, she's back in Tennessee. I've actually I actually guided her through her birth. Um, so that was an amazing experience. Even even though I was not there, it was good to virtually um communicate with her and be su- of support to her. You know, um, so I'm just here for women. I'm here to serve women. You know, be it through the herbs, um, or just or or prayer, mm-hmm. or just having a conversation. Just like, listen, I've been with you, being sis. I'm here to listen. Like, mm-hmm. Ben, tell me what's going on. You know, or if you need help with trying to get, you know, weight loss, birth and plan. You know, oh my, I can't. I don't. I'm not producing enough milk or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. My man cheating on me. I just want to be an advocate for another woman. Right. I'm going to be there for her, you know, to hold her hand through it. Um, and that's really what her herbals is about. Just being an advocate for women. Now we do have, we do have products that serve, you know, not just women, but mm-hmm. you know, as well. Right. Um, but our focus, our passion, what drives us, what motivates us are the women. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So to double back on legacies, how important is it to you, you feel, to start your own um, business of your own? Well, the pandemic has taught us a lot. Don't depend Definitely. on one income. Okay. <laughs> that has taught us a lot. Now, during the, during the pandemic, my job did not shut down. I worked for um, for electric company. Uh, I worked for NIPSCO. Mm-hmm. Nipsco wasn't shut down, so <laughs> um, and even if they even if they closed the company doors, employees was working from home. Yeah, so Nipsco was not shutting down. That you talking about gas and electricity? You talking about the electric grid for multiple um, states? As a matter of fact, because um, Nipsco isn't just about Indiana. Actually, it's about a few other states. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We didn't shut down. So I was actually still working. But even then, I still went to go get my um, my notary license. I became a notary public um, for the state of Indiana to notar- to um, license to notarize documentation. Right. Um, so I formed that and became an independent um, contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a few gigs or whatnot. 
but then but then at the same time i was pregnant when i started that okay and then i had my baby so i couldn't you know go and leave and go to these different uh notary um meetings um i just couldn't do it so um but it is definitely important it's important um not just on the money aspect but it's about passing down because you don't want to just pass down my money you want to pass down a mindset um it is completely okay to work for other people um but don't get stuck there and then overlook your own potential i want my my son's to accomplish what they want to accomplish if you want to be a doctor and work for a hospital do that if you want to be a doctor and have your own clinic do that you know but i want them to have the mind the independent entrepreneurial mindset i want them to be open to it because we one thing people one thing that can happen is companies that let you go mm-hmm. you know for any reason and like i said the pandemic taught us a lot you know certain jobs shut down and they let folks go without notice it's like listen we can't afford to keep you as employee no more right that's why i said speaking of legacies let's build one right the legacy right. is important so it does take a lot of nerve to want to blaze your own trail and kind of you know break the chains or the lo- or loose loose holes you right. know over not just you but your children and your bloodline you know your family mm-hmm. so I definitely um feel that that's important myself to maybe even try to just blaze your own trail or to maybe start your own businesses and things and create legacies and leave behind legacies maybe break away from that poverty chain and things mm-hmm. family um so yeah I think that's important but this may sound like a cliche question, but how important do you feel it is to follow your dreams or work towards accomplishing them? Happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness is something that I think a lot of people overlook. Um, if I can remember, one of our teachers, um, one of our teachers, she at one point was a, a successful chemist mm-hmm. um, making good money, you know, possibly close to six figures potential six figure um bracket but gave that up because she she loved the art of teaching mm. that's ha- and, and that led to her happiness exactly yeah it definitely has to be something that you I, I totally so speaking of passions before we get out of here tell us a little about your next act of passion at hand if any so, um, besides her herbals, it's definitely becoming a certified nurse midwife mm-hmm. because that's where my passion lies. The end goal, again, is for me to have my own birthing clinic. Mm-hmm. I would love to just have a beautiful center where women can come, where it's affordable. And um, even if, it, if, if they can't afford it, my goal is to have scholarships and grants set aside for women mm-hmm. who can afford my services you know because let's be honest a lot of insurance companies don't cover midwife services and and there's laws in the works to try to you know accommodate that luckily my insurance covered a lot of it and we only had to come out of pocket like 2400 but even so not everybody can afford that yeah and i want to be the clinic that okay listen your insurance only covers this we have grants aside for you here you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want women turned away because they can't afford to get a service that they prefer. Yeah. Yeah. That's and important. So that's, that's, it's, it's not just about me having a clinic. It's about me actually serving women who are actually underserved and who think that they cannot get it because they can't afford it. I really want to really have grants, you know, for midwife services for women. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's why I said it's time for us now as the people to rise up. But Crystal and I actually went to high school together, guys. She's my old high school classmate. So yeah. I believe that uh, futures that that Crystal I said futures <laughs> Crystal future was bright. Okay, I didn't do that. But um, what would you say? And I know you said kind of when you reiterated about having a birthing clinic and things of that nature, but where would you, where would you see yourself in the next five years? Well, um, 
I don't know. So far as look, well, so uh, well, we know where I want. Isn't that like a hard question, but not all at the same time? Because it's like right now is the time where we're really truly setting demands for ourselves. And right, to- right, yeah. and it's like um, I want to make sure that I'm not being selfish with my future. Because mm-hmm. a part of a part of me, girl, a part of me wants to get up and move somewhere warmer. Okay. <laughs> you know, a part of me wants to move to the Caribbean. You know, I know, um, right? Dubai. But, but I told my husband, I said, honestly, we can we can live where we want to live, live in Indiana, because we will have the resources and the finances so much so that we can have vacation homes. You wow. know, Fun. it's like it's like people limit themselves, like. Oh, hate living in this city it's cold but it's like if you get to a level where you financially can afford to just take flight mm-hmm. where you can just take off you can you can go to your vacation home in california or florida or or the barbados where, wherever you desire like let's get to a level where we can experience comfort at any time we want to experience comfort right like, man it's it's cold okay you know this weekend coming up baby let's let's fly out to the vacation home in the barbados like i'm cold <laughs> i just let's let's just you know like so let's get I, to a level where we can live how we want to live okay so in five years do you see yourself wanting to um have that comfort and abundance Is absolutely that- okay absolutely cool, girl i like that i want comfort and abundance too shit <laughs> <laughs> to receive it that I, I received it i received it last <laughs> night honey. <laughs> but okay thank you so much for joining me tonight and introducing you me. Business. yes and also for letting us get into your business because you were so transparent and i greatly <laughs> appreciate you for that because of course this is a free rule round table and it's a safe space and I can't wait to have you back on the show soon with me, you know, Thank about you. more about your business in the future. And of course, being on one of the group shows again, I always look forward to hearing your feedback and things. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you for having me today. Yeah. Okay. So, well, go ahead, girl, and introduce yourself again one more time for the listeners and your contact for your business and sales before we get out of here. Absolutely. Hey guys, again, my name is Crystal, aka Herbal Mama. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, um, at Herbs for Her 21. Um, and also for my personal Instagram, it's Crystal underscore Herbal Mama. Um, and we will be launching soon. We will be launching this month. This month, we will be launching. The website is herherbals.co co.co not.com okay so we'll be launching this month and i am excited for phase one of our launch yes okay okay i like that i can't wait my voice is leaving me you guys i do not know why i'm gonna go warm me up some tea until i'm able to order my she oh no i, I don't know why i want to say she her herbals, <laughs> her her, herbals. I'm, pronouns mixed up baby but yes, her herbals. I can't wait till I'm able to order my tea. I'm about to go drink me some tea right now to try to get my little voice back. But again, thank you so much for joining me. Listeners, I want you guys to stay tuned at the end of the show for more following platforms. And then, um, as always, peace and blessings manifesting unto you. And until next time, peace. Bottom line, you be going deep with your girl, Neek. 
on another interview podcast where it's always safe to speak. Make sure you follow platforms listed for special guests. Don't forget to share, like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. Join us next time. And always don't forget to shop at www.shopyourbossmeek.com. Follow all business social media, Facebook, Boss Meek by Meek, Instagram, Boss Meek Beauty Bar. Am I going deeper with Unique with Facebook and Twitter? Until next time, family, get your mind right. Peace. If you want to start a podcast of your own and don't know where to start, download the Anchor app. It's a free app that allows you to record on your mobile device or your laptop. Also gives you those editing tools and it allows you to record your own podcast or do some podcast listening to others. Shout out to Anchor for giving us this platform and download anchor.fm to get started today.